Yeah, go ahead. So people just get the wrong idea about hallucinogens, I think, and they get, like, scared, and I think that they psych themselves out. I don't know. uh, You know, I've never once had a bad experience doing that. How many experiences have you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, you, you could, you could, it's tough. It's tough to say. <laughs> it's, t- it's tough to say. I mean, enough. Enough to the point where it's like, you know, I understand the experience. Uh, yeah. It's not something like I'm trying to do all the time. It's not really something you should do all the time. So like we were just talking about, you when you know you experience ego death and then you lose all the social anxiety that you have. I mean, that's just like, it's a nice kind of reset button for your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you just can level back out and it's like you, everything seems so important, but then all of a sudden nothing is really important anymore. You know what I mean? All the things that you worry about every day, it's really trivial. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I like every once in a while, I like to do it as a nice. Yeah. So it's interesting because there's, you know, weed, which, Many people do, yeah. many more than psychedelics. But uh, there's something you can't, I guess, tap into from that substance. You but you yeah. have to be very careful with psychedelics. That's what I hear. Like, you can't do it every day. Right. Is that yeah. true or is that a. a yeah. I'm going to rely on you to clear this up because I have a lot of questions and you're in front of me. So I mean, go. yeah, I would say it's absolutely true because, <clears throat> for instance, like you just mentioned marijuana, which people, you know, do smoke. Every, not everybody, but, you know, People frequently do smoke marijuana every day, but it's like, you know, you can smoke marijuana and function, but you're not going to like go into a psychedelic experience and and go grocery shopping. Sure. You know what I mean? That's probably not going to be a good afternoon. Um, But yeah, I think really, if anything, like you were just saying, it's something that you can't tap into. So you only want to go there when you really need to go there. Yeah. And it lessens the effect anyway if you do it too much. So then it almost becomes a meaningless experience. Yeah, all my knowledge from that is from um, reading Ram Das, who I got into somewhat recently. Duncan Trussell, who's a comic, uh, talks about him a lot and kind of got me reading into him. And Terrence McKenna, that sort of led into him and yeah, his brother. Yeah. And that seems to be everything that I've read. Like, uh, weed seems to bring issues to the surface, but you can't really work through them. But a psychedelic allows you in almost an instant or an hour, whatever it takes that you, you're working through an issue. I know it's fascinating. They were saying that um, like ayahuasca, when you puke, that you're puking the trauma out of you. I don't know if that's true at all. These are things I've read. So, so yeah, I, I, I've done a lot of research on ayahuasca. I want to experience that someday just because it's like you, from what I understand, you lose control and it takes you on a completely different experience that you don't really have a say in what you experience necessarily. Uh, to me, that's like fascinating. And like you said, you you puke up whatever you're trying to purge, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. It, yeah. it, it ties the stomach to sort of your being and uh, yeah. that's what I've read anyway, but it's been it's been interesting research because I think there's a lot of trials coming now. Well, trials as far as like medically, where they're starting to look at putting people through controlled uh, depression. You know, that's very specific to target depression, whether it's mushrooms or LSD or whatever. I've I've been reading about it more. So it's kind of an interesting tie-in. Yeah, I've seen that around, uh, that psilocybin may enter like mental health treatment at some point. Yeah. I haven't looked into it too much, so I can't comment on the status of what, what they're doing. What is the but... difference between psilocybin and, and mushrooms and LSD? Or 
Um, not so, sure where that where that so, one falls. I could be wrong, but I, from what I understand, psilocybin is like the um, the drug in mushrooms that makes you trip. You know what I mean? Okay. Like psilocybin is the psychedelic. That um, makes sense. Yeah. Like THC so, like might THC be the active ingredient, the or active ingredient CBD or how many other ones there exactly, are. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's what's getting into your system and taking you wherever yeah, that you makes Yeah, that makes sense. It's the compound. Yeah. So uh, I will introduce you. Um, I just kind of hit record. We were talking about that because it was interesting. Um, but we have Josh, the podcast. Uh, you are what, a touring musician, an artist, a father. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a musician, I'm a dad, I'm just a human being, <laughs> living my life. Yeah, know? so do you, uh, do you remember who introduced the two of us? I don't know, it's like, I just, I don't even know, at this who? point, I don't remember how it started. We go so far yeah, back. Yeah. So, Dan Baker introduced the two of us, okay. and I think it was, I was in eighth grade. Yeah. And, uh, I happened to stumble upon, who was this, Twitter or something recently, and I found out he was a dad, and Dan, uh, yeah. he's working on sort of like a patent, some sort of guitar thing that he's working on. To uh, I won't I won't give it away exactly what he's working on, so I don't know if he uh, he posted it publicly. But I thought it was interesting how you have people that you meet that kind of connect you to other people, yeah. And then everybody kind of grows up, and it's this weird process where you run into people later in life, and you're like, oh, there's so much more going on than was going on with you 10 years ago and that's the kind of the whole process it's kind of interesting man yeah that's that's true you know you carry your experiences with you and life definitely changes i mean you know when i was hanging out with baker it's like i would meet people all the time because baker knows the whole planet you yeah know, somehow dan baker is connected with everybody yeah know. yeah um, he really is which is amazing yeah yeah so it's always a good experience hanging out with him because you're gonna get into you're going to go on some sort of weird adventure that you're going to remember. Yeah. And uh, so here's what he did for me, which is kind of interesting. So my parents are very conservative. And uh, he gave me the idea once at school. He was like, you know, if you want to go to shows. Because music was just starting to take this weird part in my life where, you know, you get LimeWire and you're listening to, like, Senses Fail and, like, old stuff and it's transforming kind of what you know about the world yeah like you're used to going to church doing the whatever it is from my point of view right so he said you should just take your dad with you and i was like really and he's like see what he says so i asked him and out of character he was like yeah i'll if you want to go and take me with you fine and that was like the first concert i ever went to was see your band and uh i don't know if you remember but who else was on that bill ended up being crash romeo uh, the, they were on the Spider-Man soundtrack. Yeah. They were senseless back then out of New Jersey. Where, what venue was this It was show the Sad at? Cafe oh. with the Stomping Charlies, oh. who still are awesome and around, oh, I think, wow. and Far Away. Oh, wow. That's and Senseless, cute. yeah, which became um, the band that I just mentioned. Yep. So Crash we, Romeo. So we must be talking like... 2002, 2003. Yeah. And yeah. so it's interesting yeah. how music kind of happens in your life. And it's like, it doesn't have to be on a grand scale, right? It comes into your life and changes the way you think about music and relationships. So it's like me and my dad now had this thing where it was like, well, if, if I want to go to concerts and I'm a concert kid and I can do it, but I could take you with me. Like this whole new door became opened. And it was like the one thing our relationship was built on. So... 
did you end up forming a better relationship? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, even went to like the Pearl Jam show together, you know, something that, that just hung around. That's crazy. But for some people, that band is like a big band. Yeah. So it's so interesting for me. I started out in the local scene. Oh, I'd never heard of Blink-182. I wasn't allowed to listen to it. But I knew of all these local bands. And that, to me, was my scene, man. Oh, I see what you're saying. So basically, if we backtrack here, you're saying that Dan Baker introduced you to local bands, which introduced you to music in general. That's exactly what I'm saying. And then you went on to, like, listen to, you know, sort of, like you said, bigger bands, more mainstream. Absolutely. Wow. But it never stuck with me that, like, mainstream meant better. Because I had grown up listening to bands that went on to get signed and become bigger bands, right? Yeah. It crashed Romeo on the, on the Superman soundtrack. You guys were signed. You know, music that I knew was good. I didn't need verification of somebody else. Like, I knew this music kicked ass, and that's my favorite band. Like, it's the way it works. So, that's an incredible concept that I think about all the time, is that, like, I've seen some of the best bands on the planet that you know, the vast majority of the planet will never thinking? even know exists. What bands you thinking? I don't, you know, I don't even know. There's just been so many, like, over the years. It's like, especially out of New England, um, you know, I used to love the receiving end of Sirens. Oh, man. Who, you know, we saw, well, we played with way back in the day um, when they had their original singer, and it was like, you just knew, you know, you see hundreds of bands every year, but Every once in a while, you just see one, and you're like, "Oh." How wow, long would it take really you to special. identify that? It didn't take. It took yeah. like seconds. Yeah. You know, they were one. Of I those always bands. felt the same way. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just, still true. You just know it just pulls you in, and um, it was incredible. You know, I took home their demo, listened to that, and it was like before you knew it, everybody that you knew was listening to that demo. You Isn't know, it's just like a burnt. It, it, it was, was just like awesome. a burnt CD. I remember and everybody that. had it. And, yeah. Um, I still love doing that with YouTube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I said to Emily, not that as I've always felt like that's where almost like a talent develops. You know, when you're going to 150 shows a year, 100 shows a year, whatever it is, and you're seeing different bands, and you know, you start to develop like an ear. So I remember surfing YouTube. I I try to listen to most obscure stuff I can find. Yeah. Just because it's interesting to see what everybody else is missing out on. That's a good way for every one band that that gets huge. There's 10 you miss out on. So I, I said to Emily, I go, listen to this. And it was a band in a high school gym. And one was playing the piano, one was playing the guitar. And they became the front bottoms. And they're going to be in Lowell, the Songus with Manchester Orchestra. Oh, wow. They became huge. Yeah. And I was like, I knew it, man. But there's so many bands that don't make it, even though you know it. Yeah, it's it's very strange. And sometimes, you know, I can say I've seen performances from bands where it's like, you would think it should be at Madison Square Garden, right? You know, but we're playing like some random pizza uh, shop in Georgia, and nobody's there, right? You know what I mean? But right. sometimes you see those performances, and it's like the world is never gonna know that this happened. But does that make it more special? I often wonder if it Me does too. because it's like you know, like I said earlier, you carry your experiences with you, but no one else really knows about that experience, you know? Yeah. And like you said, music formed your relationship with your dad. It's like music forms relationships with everybody, everywhere. You know, I know most of the people I have in my life are because of music. Wow, that's true, huh? You know, I mean, most of my friends are people I met through music or just like 
whatever they came to a show and it's like hey let's hang out and, yeah and then you go from there and that's life you know what i mean are um, you tight with all those dudes yeah that, that you've been in bands with, yeah. Well, per- Perma and all the and all the other oh yeah, of course bands that I you've kind of uh, played in or sort of stood in for. Um, so yeah, is it I mean, like a lifelong connection? Yeah, Permanent Holiday is a lifelong connection for sure. I mean, to me and to them, we're like family. You know what I mean? I I mean, we're not playing together right now, but I think there's probably there's probably a part of everybody who will always feel like they're still part of that band in a way. Like that will never ever go away you know um it's just life is different it's tough to get together nowadays because like you know well we all have kids in a way you know what i mean um you know three of us have kids and mccool's dating a woman with kids so it's like everybody kind of has their own life and that's very consuming yeah doing that sort of thing but um you know i i feel like if i said to any of them like hey let's play a show you know soon we would make the hustle you know get yeah. it together and we would get a set together and we would do it you know i'm gonna i'm gonna speak out of turn about something that i might not know about and say that the connection's probably because you made genuinely some of the best music you could have made it wasn't like you were a band that uh didn't go as far as you may have wanted but you look back and go damn we, we could have done better i challenge anyone and i still do I challenge anyone to listen to that music and tell me that you don't think that that's a band that the world missed out on. So I really believe that genuinely. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the only people in control of your own destiny are yourselves. You know what I mean? So, you know, we pushed it to a certain point and then didn't push it anymore, you know, and it's not everybody wants to. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, I mean, success is defined differently. Exactly. I think everybody, for sure, everybody wanted to, you know, you know, like everybody wanted to do it, but like said, success is defined differently. So maybe somebody has a different idea of how to get to a certain level. Somebody thinks we don't need to be at a certain level or or whatever. You know what I mean? I I totally understand that. That's how I think about comedy. I understand. And you, and when you're young like that, and it is such a vibrant dream, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. So like it, it, it gets confusing. You know what I mean? Because, like, you're feeling a lot of emotions, Am you know? Am I wrong? This, and, I, again, I feel like I'm, I'm the curator of information um, on your band. Uh, maybe I've seen you 50 times, and that might be crazy to say, but it's it's got to be close, man. I don't know. I mean, um, yeah, we're so, sure. as I remember, there was a time where you could have been a little bigger if you chose to change and kind of do something different. It was a little more boy bandish. I remember being around a period of time where that was discussion I remember hearing. Am I speaking out of time? Because um, I remember hearing that that was kind of a thing. That doesn't really ring a bell. Yeah, I might have made um, that up, but I remember it, and yeah. I'm going to put it in the history and just it's, say that you chose not to sell your soul. Because yeah. I remember that. I, maybe, here's how I remember it, all right? I'm actually going to leave a little cliffhanger here. I'm going to pause this and grab a drink. Okay. And we're going to get right back with this, okay. and I'm going to finish this. Yeah, and yeah. then I have a story that's going to blow your mind about how this comes together today. You're already blowing my mind. All right, cool. The connections here. So All right, I'm going to stop un- real quick. Unsold. We'll be right back. All right, so we're back. Uh, I had to grab some water and stretch. It's the ADD in me, man, I swear. It's, uh, so, this uh, coincidence is going to blow your mind. Okay. Is this where we left off? Is that the This is exactly here? where we left off. You left off on a So, recently, Emily did... Uh, 
a nice pro a, it was a dress for uh somebody who works at a fashion magazine or fashion label this person she did it for names tyler mccall which is my name mm-hmm. you also know that person because you stayed at her house when you were in florida and her name happens to be tyler mccall which is my name we put this together and i said wait a second so because she messaged me on twitter back in the day and just tagged me and she said uh every time people look for me on linkedin they find and she tagged me and she said you know damn you basically and it was just a funny back and forth i went to her twitter and looked at who she knew and saw we had one person that we both had in common and it was you and then I saw, like, a week prior, she had actually tagged you and messaged you and said, you know, it was nice seeing you guys. I was like, wait a second. How is this possible? And I never told you that. So there you go. That's crazy. Um, everything's connected. Everything is weirdly everything's connected, connected, man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think it – is it Jackson? Was it Jacksonville? No, I know she was a gator. So uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'll show you a picture of her, and maybe you'll remember. Um, but it was—I mean, you've probably slept at a million people's houses, bro. So yeah, but what a weird connection, right? So like, I can picture the house in my head. Uh, I remember, but it's like, oh no way! I can't think of what yes. city or town it was in. But That's so funny. Yes. Yeah. Maybe Emily is working behind the scenes, like our Jamie on the Joe Rogan experience on this. So we'll have to. Sure. Yes, please. Yes, look at that picture and see Butt Out. What a weird connection, right? It is a weird connection. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah. So all the people you don't realize you're connected with. Yeah, I think you realize a lot of that, like I was saying, through music. You know what I mean? You meet somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, and before you know it, you know them too, you know? So uh, I think the last time I saw you was somewhat recently Emily was doing something and I stopped in to see you in Londonderry. You were at the uh, the Cigar Lounge. Yeah, Twins. Yeah, it was awesome, yeah. man. Great yeah. set. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I've been uh, playing at Twins a lot lately. I like it there. It's really cool. It's a cool vibe. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I played a lot of places this year, but that's definitely one of my favorite places. What kind of uh, music are you doing? All your original stuff? So, no. I mean, this year I've been doing all cover stuff, actually. Um, I am, you know, I'm writing original stuff, but I haven't been performing it because it's like the venues that I perform at, it's more geared towards cover shows. It's not like okay. I'm going out to rock like an original set. Sure. Like I'm playing like a three hour cover set. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Try, trying to give people some familiar tunes while they're yeah. chilling and having a beer or okay. grabbing a bite to eat. And, um, it's been an amazing year, honestly. Um, I didn't know how much I needed that, but it kind of cir- all circles back around to talking about how music connects people. Because it's like almost every show I did, someone, like you said, you stopped in yeah. at Twins. Yeah. and To almost, support you, you have to. Almost every show I did, someone came by and yeah. it was like just so refreshing. Because I saw yeah. people that I hadn't seen in a while. And it was like just wonderful. And... um I met new people, yeah. you know, and it's like, I learned a lot of new songs that I really enjoy. Yeah. I learned, uh, you know, just a lot of different things about myself. You know what I mean? I learned how to not be, not that I've ever really been scared doing like performing music. I've always loved performing in front of a crowd, but it's like, you're doing shows like that. It's a little bit different because people aren't necessarily there to see you. They're just kind of there to chill and have a beer. You just happen to be playing there. So it's like 
they don't need to pay attention to you or clap for you or anything. So it's nice it, when they do. So when they yeah. do, it's like, oh, okay, I, I guess I don't suck that bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they're, you know, they're clapping for me and they don't have yeah. to. You yeah, know? You've been doing music a long time, man. Yeah, long time. From what age did you say that you knew you wanted to? I don't like, even, I must have started playing guitar and singing and trying to write songs probably at like 11. So, yeah, because I was going to say, what right did you have to write that first album you guys came out with? There was some deep stuff on that album, man. Um, so... Man, oh man, that was some, there was some stuff. I'll let you which, decide how much to get into on that. Which, like, which songs are we talking about? Because it's just because there's so yeah. many eras of Permanent Holiday. We'll where, start with uh, that, that Your Ghost sort of era. There okay, was some stuff I, around okay, them that was, whoo. Because I didn't know, because whew. a lot of people just don't. No, because that stuff's not available. Yeah. It's like we talk, we go yeah. back to like. Oh, it's available in my world. I get right. CDs on CDs. It's like man. Burn CD. I'm culture. not losing yeah, that yeah. album. I'm yeah, telling burn you. Burn CD. I'm happy yeah. to hear that you have that. It's yeah. funny because it's like, you know, Burn CDs, that was a thing back in the day. Yeah. Now everybody. Yeah, like, no, I bought, I bought your CD and it was on a Burn CD. And uh, so I believe funny. somebody wrote, I love nipples. On, that on makes it. sense. And, and that it, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I can't lose. So that era. When yeah. you were making music, what, what, yeah, was that the right that you had? Because it was emotionally uh, a little more mature than. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so your ghost specifically, I guess, is definitely a mature song. It started out, you know, just kind of. Um, honestly, I was writing it like for a girl, just trying to be like sweet or whatever. You know, she mm -hmm. uh, she was like moving away or whatever, mm -hmm. and. Um, but it took on this uh, completely different meaning because one of my best friends, he, you know, he died in a car accident. Really? And it was like, and it was like really right around the time that we started, uh, you know, I started playing with, I had that song for a long, long time, but it was like, started playing with McCool and Zanka and like really getting going. And it was like, it just really sucked. What year was uh, I, I don't know exactly the year we're talking like 2001, 2002. Okay. So how old were you? Let's say. Uh, 15, 16 okay. or Is so. Is your best friend? He was one of my best Jeez. friends. So he was, he was, um, like my second friend ever. Wow. Yeah. So, um, we were, you know, we, the thing that sucks about the whole experience is like, we weren't, uh, tight. You know what I mean? During the last couple of years of his life. Sure, it happens. Because, yeah. you know, he was going through some shit and sure. had some issues, you know, doing a little yeah. too much here and there, you know? So, sure. so I was just trying to like walk the straight and narrow path and I just, you know, I was young, you know what I mean? It's you, like, really... You, you have to at some point. Yeah, really, you shouldn't be doing stuff like that at, at 15, 16 anyway, let alone too much, you know what I mean? Sure. So it's like, I just decide, you know, I gotta be sober, I'm like, too young to be doing this. So we kind of grew apart, um, and never really, like, settled that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then he passed away. It's hard, life's like, not that long enough. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah, when, yeah, you know, you always, it's such a cliche, but you always think, you know, oh, I have time, I have time, it's like, it's yeah. maybe something's not right with a certain relationship, you think you can fix it, but you gotta just fix it, you know, because... He knew, you know? Yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys were tight, it's, it's I, oh, I wholeheartedly, it would have made itself I right, he knew, you know? But yeah, there was definitely some regret there, and like, you know, I'm kind of just listening to the lyrics, sure. and you know, the lyrics, uh, took on a new form and it was like, you know, I'd always dedicate the song to him. You know what I oh, mean? And yeah. it just, it, so yeah, that song was just, it was a huge part of the band. I, I would say like 
like you said, we, we obviously weren't a huge band or anything, but it's like, I guess if you could say we had like a hit song, that was probably the first. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, you guys were signed as well. So then you were, you were successful, played warp Tour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we definitely, I'm very happy with. Yeah. Yeah. So by no means can you underestimate, you know, success you guys had, but that stuff was, it was, as I remember it, there was, yeah, he's talking about an ex, a song on that song. There was gasoline. There was some shit on that album, man. And, and there was sort of in that community talk of what those songs were about or what that meant. And I don't know if that's ever been asked or discussed or put on audio. So I figured, you know what? I got to ask that and, and find out. Those three songs specifically were, were, were deep, man. You were coming from, obviously you said about that uh, car accident, your, your friend. and yeah. So that explains it. That was sort of why that album or, or why those songs stuck with people. That was their first exposure to you. It was like, jeez. That's, yeah, that's funny because I almost never think about those songs. But now that you're bringing it up, it's like, oh, okay, that is, that was kind of a really intense that's where I period in. of life for me. And I guess that was expressed in the music. Well, you know, it's coming of age, like 15, yeah. 16 years old. You know, you are just evolving. You know, you get involved in romantic relationships. You learn what it is to go through that fall in love maybe it doesn't work out um but like choking on gasoline you know that was a song really just you know i think everybody deals with depression um it's just sort of honestly dark it's about suicide you know what i mean and just like thinking about that as a possibility you know yeah, that had been the rumor I threw that out there since if you yeah. took that bait, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it's very important. Um, it's amazing how many people you talk to that say, you know, my son tried to commit suicide or, or it's a very personal story for people. But it exists, I think, more now in a way of socially addressing things that are normal. Um, you know, when you're sick, you're, you're sick and these things happen and people don't know how to address them or how to control them. So by making that uh, something that's discussed or stigma, uh, or you know, taking that stigma away, as far as saying, you know, my, geez, my son's got allergies or, or he's sick or he's got something going on, that has to be addressed in a similar way that it's not normal. It's nothing that a child did. It's nothing to internalize. But those types of things go through your head at 16 or 17 or 18. That's a dark period to be in, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, younger. Like you said, I think it needs to be addressed if anything just to take the stigma away you know what i mean nobody should be leaving this world by their own means you know you know it's just it's just not the way to go out um life sucks sometimes but you know what i've learned over time is that truly it's just a matter of perspective your life is gonna suck if you think it sucks you could have nothing if you think that you have something you will have something you know what i mean it's like no matter how much things suck you just gotta you gotta pick yourself up like you have to be your own hero and i only arrived at that point because i spent so much time just being depressed it's like well this doesn't feel good anymore so it's like what else can i do you know you depress making these making these amazing songs and and i think if you were tapped into that it was very obvious you know well it was good when i had that outlet because it wouldn't conquer me you know what i mean it's like you just put it out through the music and those feelings sort of leave you, and if you want to revisit it, you can do that through the songs. Yeah. But, you know, it's a way to sort of document that. Like, you know, I always look at Permit Holiday as like the journal of my life, you know? It's like everything I went through is in there somewhere. 
And, um, you know, but it's like, you got to sort of put a stamp on it and move on with it instead yeah, of carrying sure. it on forever. You know, that, I think that's, I think a lot of musicians probably get that sort of cathartic feeling where they just let it go. It's in a song. Yeah. They can take it with them, but they don't have to live there anymore. Sure. You know? Yeah. It's uh, like a period, a period of life. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your, uh, what's your best road story? Or do you have one that uh, you would say was the most eye-opening? Or imagine you saw a lot and being exposed to that many people. It's just really tough to pin one story down. Because we, I mean, we did, we saw a lot, a lot of different things. We went a lot of different places, met a lot of different people. And certainly just saw things that I never thought I would see, you know, but I mean... Do you have anything uh, that happened that was very surreal that you were like, am I? How did I get here? I'm a kid from New Hampshire. Two years ago, I was, you know, uh, like, it just seems like on the road these things happen because there's this magnetic pull towards living a life you haven't lived or, or you haven't seen. So it's sort of these crazy situations that you're open to. It's like, let me talk to this crazy guy for a second and see what's going on over here. Yeah, I don't. There were just a lot of different experiences. You know what I mean? It was like for us, it was funny. You know, we were just out there like scrappy kids trying to make it. You know what I mean? We didn't have anybody to book our shows or whatever. You know, we had to sit at the computer and book them and try and figure it all out. And you know, we put in all the time on our own. And you had a website way back in the day. Way back in the day, you had a yeah. message board, dog. Oh, yeah. You had yeah, a message yeah. before anybody had a message yeah. board. How did that come together? I have no idea. I think somebody actually put that together. Wow. Like somebody just decided, hey, these guys need a message board. That's impressive. I, I, See, yeah. that's success, man. That was back in the day. AIM. That was, you know, that era. I mean, we were so lucky. We definitely had very um, dedicated fans. Like, they made it such a great experience for us. You know what I mean? Just by being enthusiastic about the music and the shows. It's a lot of subpar content, subpar effort, as I'm sure you've seen. So, uh, you know, out there, it's hard. But you stand out when you give your all, when you have that effort. And I can't say I've ever seen you give any performance where you've been half-hearted, you know? No, I I mean, I love being on stage. I just have a great time. Um, You know, we had a conversation earlier about social anxiety it's like you know that's another thing i'm sure everybody probably lives with some form of social anxiety on some level but it's like it's different for me because i don't like getting up there is a different experience for me you would think it might make someone who feels that way might make the effect worse yeah but it just has a complete opposite effect because it's like you have to sort of face that feeling it's like either you're going to suck and it's going to be super embarrassing and you're going to walk away with a terrible memory of this experience or you're going to try and rock everybody in the fucking room and make sure they have a good time and go home happy. And to me, that's my job is to make sure everybody goes home happy and hopefully I'll get everybody. You know what I mean? Wow. Hopefully I'll get everybody to have a good time. And It's a task, but yeah, that's how you go, got to go into it, I guess. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. For me, if I, you know, that's my job. I take my job seriously. If I don't get the job done, then I'm going to figure out what I did wrong, go back and try and do better next time. You know, you can't always get every room, but uh, Permanent Holly played a lot of shows. And we we're so, so, so lucky that, uh, uh, you know, the vast majority of the time we did get the room. You know what I mean? People would just really go off for 
a lot of the songs and yeah. it was, they just yeah, there were some hardcore fans man yeah like i said i mean it made it a good experience for us so to know it was a good experience for someone else is you know that's music you know, oh that's that fan that's base true. was hardcore they were crazy shows there were some crazy shows there were some crazy shows mccool and i were talking the other day uh I don't know if you ever went to any of the shows at the Summit Cafe oh, back in the day. Oh, I went to so many. Yeah, Summit. so there was... That was, the, I think, the first show I said. Oh, was that the... Um, yeah. Summit was the first show oh, I saw I you guys at. the SAD. I mean, they were kind of The like, SAD was in Plasto, right? Yeah, yeah No, yeah. this was the Summit. Okay, um, okay. That was the first show I ever saw you Excuse me. Okay, so... Like, there was one show. I don't know if you were here for this particular show. Where, like, the tiles got smashed all over the floor because people were just going crazy. What was the bill? Uh, that's how I remember them all by seemingly um, incredible bills back then I don't even know yeah there's one uh, there's one photo you have on your on somebody's Facebook from back in the day and there's uh, Uh, there's me there's Eddie who I haven't thought of or heard of in a long time there was Dan yeah Uh, so it was that so those shows so the tiles got broken yeah, everybody. They must have not been wild. thrilled about and that because they barely, they didn't like no, washing back then. No, they were super pissed. Actually, yeah. they were very angry. I think quite a big bouncer, as I recall. Yeah, he was not happy. Um, but they rolled with it, and you know, one of the last times we played there, right before they shut down, he got into like the pit and like jumped around with everybody. Oh, nice! Not so. It was. That's rad. It, it all worked out in the end. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There were some good bands around around those times, man. That's Every good single sets. show that we played was. Uh, like we discussed earlier, a show where like there were just so many bands that the world unfortunately missed out on. Yeah, I think it does like you said make it more special in a way. Yeah, I, I think. Have a question. Yeah, what's up? Oh, uh, hey, Emily's here. Sure, come on over. <laughs> I'm just in the background. Sure, yeah, she's um, in the background. She's our Jamie from the Joe Rogan Experience. Oh, I've always wondered, today. like traveling with a bunch of musicians and like different acts, like do you do you see certain traits or certain things that other people do that's like mm, that might not work, like in the long run, like, they get overly tired on the road, or, like, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, the only thing I would say is that I feel like we ran into a, a lot of bands that were very competitive. Yeah. And, like, didn't... I've heard that. Didn't lift each other up. It was more like, well, I'm just gonna... I want to do better than you. Yeah. And, um, instead of... Uh, I, I don't know. It was, it's weird, you know? You'd think everybody would want to kind of lift each other up, but... Mm-hmm. We did run into a lot of bands that were competitive. I don't feel like that's necessary. Yeah. Because it's like, if you help each other, you're going to bring in more people to the shows. But as a fan, that's like very surprising to hear. Yeah. You know, because you think like, oh, like playing a warp tour, like everybody's a big family and they have barbecues together. And it's like, it doesn't seem like that has been the case for a while in well, the scene. I mean, Warp Tour, with our experience, we definitely ran into a lot of really cool people. And everybody Good. was very welcoming. Good. Um, but, you know, I think everybody just sort of... The scene changes. It, it, everybody just wants to do well, and sometimes it's sort of expressed the wrong way, yeah. I guess. Um, but, yeah, we had a great experience on Warp Tour. Everybody on Warp Tour treated us very well and took very good care of us, so... You know, and that's a, I, I respect the guys who have done that, or, or girls, you know, everybody, yeah. who has done it year after year after year after year, because it's like, it is nonstop, there is no pause button, no. you know what I mean, yeah. you do a show, yeah. you pack up, you only have enough time to get to the next show, and you have to be ready to go as soon as the sun comes up, because, you know, they're making 
a new schedule every day, so it's not like you can just chill and you know your sets at a certain time. Yeah. I mean, after you find out what time it is, you can chill, but... Right. And you booked I, the venue, you have to call ahead, and you have to, like... Yeah, do I don't all know. That I thought it's very cool. It's very cool the way they run it. And um, yeah. it's sad that it's gone. Mm. You guys went to the final one this year, right? No. No? No. Nope. Why would you miss that? Uh, <laughs> I know. I, because I, 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 am I giving... No, am I, I don't know if I'm giving anything away right now. I don't want to be too... I've been told by a reliable source that um, their way to rebrand and remarket it would be not to, to take out like the last five or the top ten... The last ten dates that weren't selling. And they're still going to have it be uh, not a cross-country, but there's still be an east and a west coast. So it'll be the exact same thing, but they'll reinvest in better bands and sort of try to revamp it that way. So I think I'm just playing based on that card that uh, it'll be back in Boston next year. I could be yeah. wrong. So I kind of figured that's what they would do because Kevin Lyman did say that the brand won't go away. Oh, he did? Okay. Like, like, oh, it, good. It, I'm not spilling it, any. Yeah, well, I think next year is then. the 25th anniversary or something. They yeah. said there would be something special planned for next yeah. year. Um, I believe. I don't, don't quote me on the numbers. Yeah, I was talking to to somebody. I think I contacted, and that's kind of how it opened up. And I was, yeah. I don't know, but maybe that shouldn't be so. They say like, oh, I don't want to go to Warped Tour. There's no good bands. Like, There's that's so many good not bands. The point. I did, yeah, we're supposed to go and but see. There are always so up. many good yeah. bands. Yeah. I just didn't even understand. You know, I don't know. I went to this year's show, and I had a great time all day. Good. Um, it was a great mix. Yeah. You know, it was like real big fish. Ice nine kills. Senses fail. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I die. Um, less than Jake. It's like, yeah, you go from every time I die to less than Jake, and it's like, this is a great day. Yeah, you can't complain. We're having fun. Shout out to Ice Nine Kills. Those are local dudes, right? Yeah, Yeah, they had a great crowd, and they just, um, they put on a great set. We saw them in New York, and they were were cool. Yeah. You came up and like, when you guys were on Warped Tour, that was like the emo renaissance. That was like the best years for pump. That was just incredible. There were so many incredible bands, and Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, just about every show we would go to, we knew we were going to be on a good bill. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we did manage to make a lot of friends during that run, like play with bands like Signature Escape, The High Court. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, these guys, The High Court, they were really cool. Obviously, THC, right? Wow. Yeah. I missed so, that. Hey, yeah. yeah. So we did couple of shows with them randomly up uh, up around the East Coast, and then we ended up sitting right next to them at the merch table at Warped Tour, and it was like, I'm not trying to blow up their spot, but we knew exactly where to go yeah. to get what yeah. we needed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, and those guys were real cool. Um, You know, it's like they put out a great album, I believe it was called Puppet Strings, and it had a great sound. You talk about like the emo renaissance, and they were just mm. so tight. Mm. You know, if anybody out there... Once to look that up, you're going to have a good time. I mean, it's good. It's good, so I would recommend that. Yeah, what would you say the album was? Uh, Puppet Strings by Puppet the High strings. Court. Okay, yeah. by the High Court. Go check yeah. that out. Yeah, so I don't know. There's just a lot of... There was a lot of really good music during that time. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I'm not uh, as involved, like, locally as mm-hmm. much with music anymore. So I guess I'm not as in touch with what the sound is kind of going around, you know? Mm. Yeah, it, I mean... It feels like punk and rock and roll kind of have like a cycle. Yeah. So right now we're in the rap cycle. Yeah. And like, I think after a few years, like maybe we'll get back into the punk rock again. Yeah. It's like the new punk rock is like, is rap, isn't it? Like being a part of a crew and like, hmm. what do you think? Well, that, I mean, like, speaking that. as far as like youth culture, that's what the kids are 
I think responding like, to at the moment. I think like as far as Spotify coined it the other day, I guess mm. it's the official term now is emo rap. Really? <laughs> so yeah. I, I think that's go. like referring it's to just missing out. Like you know, like post Malone style <laughs> rap. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like people right. are rapping but they're also emoting. You know? I thought that was mumble rap. Is that different? I guess I guess emo rap would be mumble rap done good. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Know, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's split down the middle. I haven't. I haven't given up the the punk bands, as you know. I'm listening to a lot of modern baseball, of the Wonder Years. Oh yeah, the Man Wonder Overboard. Years. Oh, this is some of the pop punk that's out there right now. Is uh, is interesting. There's a new band, I think Bloom, and they came out. Uh, this kid Tori came out of the band Transit. And they're a new mm. band yeah. that's around. I like Transit too. They were they were they were they were cool. Yeah, though. they were really cool. Um, yeah, the Wonder Years. We played with them at like a rec center in <laughs> really Pennsylvania. Yeah, this was back in the day though when they had songs. They were um, like sillier. You know what I sure, mean? Sure. Yeah. They're defined as being like an existential punk band, but that's not how they started out. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forget. They had like crazy song titles, and the, you know their songs were kind of humorous. But they put on a great show, yeah. you know what I mean? And um, they had a, they definitely had a decade following back then. And it was just some random um, basketball courts. We played on basketball. Some court, of the yeah. best shows ever, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good time. Yeah, he's good as a, a the lead singer of that band. Soupy has his own thing. Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties. Yes, super cool, man. Super yeah. cool. Based on like kind of a fictional dude, I guess. But the stories again, so deep. They're they're yeah. like he didn't live this. When I found that out, I was like, oh my goodness, because yeah. I thought he had. I thought that was really about kind of his life. Yeah, I haven't looked into Aaron West, but I you know I've been keeping up with the Wonder Years. They do put out some really good stuff. Yeah, he uh he created this dude Aaron West that like lost a baby and like got divorced like this whole story. Yeah. And he has an album that kind of talks about it. Yeah. A few albums that talk about it. So you go to see him and it's like this really deep set and yeah. and it's like wait a second that's not anything that's really happened to him. Yeah. Like uh, he in real life I know I'm gonna I'm gonna mix this up but I think in real life he's a a fan of of eagles or a fan of the jets something like that okay. and aaron west is an adamant fan of the bills like he like he changes things and just builds a different character so, okay so, so it's kind of interesting as this character as aaron west that's a pretty cool concept yeah, yeah. It, so when i saw him at warp tour it was like the wonder years and then he goes in this tent and has this really emotional set as a totally different person yeah yeah so he had the the bills jersey on and he's like a really big eagles fan but he changes everything about him that's really uh yeah, cool, he actually. wrote an article about. It. I wish I could remember where it was, but uh, it talked about a warp tour. He tried to like stay in set, so yeah. people would talk to him in like the line or whatever. Yeah. And he, like he, it's a very distinct and different for him. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I kind of think it, he's an interesting guy, and like uh, the new Census Fail album is written about some stuff that didn't really happen to him, like losing 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 a baby again. And, and then he ended up having the baby, but yes. he said it kind of mimicked real life because yes. his wife after that almost did lose the baby. Yes, I have a friend who's a huge Census Fail uh, fan, and she explained all of that to me. I oh, think. she did, yes. And I thought cool. that was really cool. Um, I saw them at Warped Tour. They were the last band, and they were awesome. You know, I love them, put on yeah. such a great show. And um, yeah, it was cool. You know, they played some new stuff, played a lot of old stuff. They did a great, like, new metal medley. Which was like Limp yeah. Biscuit, System of a Down, um, a couple other songs in there, Rage Against the Machine, and it was like 
it was it was just bonkers. You know? I, I love them. Yeah, they were awesome. Yeah, it was they're great. still going strong too, which is cool. Yeah, and they're ripping it up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, to see Buddy just still rocking like that after all this time because it's like, you know, they've been doing. He doesn't care about long. anything, dude. He doesn't no, care what no, anybody he's, thinks he's about him. He's a wild. Wild. He's wild. He puts it. It works great on stage. Yeah, it's so interesting. He has a story to tell. And yet he's reached the point in his career where he's telling a story about yeah. it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. It kind of shows how art is, or rather music can kind of be more of an art form. Yeah. Where when you reach the stories that are inside of you, it's like I still don't want to stop. I still have a lot. So sort of go into that deep mental place of yeah. like what characters exist. and. Yeah. I mean, you know, I kind of think about that sometimes. You know, like you were saying, we're bringing up topics about songs um, from way back in the day, I never think about those songs that you mentioned, you know what I mean? But I guess in a way it is sort of like playing a character cause it's a moment in time. I'm not there mentally. So it's like, I can play it, but maybe you might not necessarily get the same experience. Maybe you'll get a new experience. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe it will take on a different form. Yeah. Wow. Who knows? You know, um, you have to be emotionally connected to your music you know do you have a specific writing process or does it kind of just come to you so i feel like i did have a specific writing process for a long time you know mm -hmm. for me the goal was always to i'm just like a big fan of catchy vocals so i guess mm -hmm. i always try to do catchy vocals so i would always sort of write songs around whatever a vocal hook try and come up with something that i thought was good as far as like a chorus or whatever and move from there and I did that for a long time, you yeah. know, um, but recently I've really just been taking a different approach. Um, you know, like me and McCool have been jamming recently. I've just can, been kind of focusing on the guitar more I see. and, and it sounds a lot heavier than anything wow. I've ever done. So I haven't even really figured out the vocals for <laughs> so that just changes, man. or how that's going to work. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see how that goes you have an incredible range too oh like, thank you very thank soulful you. very like like you can tell it's really coming from someplace when thank you, sing. you yeah um a lot of the promo horror stuff's like really high yeah you know <laughs> so it's like when i go out and do cover sets it, it's like i can play and sing for three hours yeah but if I tried to do permanent holiday for three hours, I'd probably die. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like I'd probably explode or pop a vein in my neck or something. So it's a totally so different true. experience. Yeah, you know, so it's true. a very different experience. It's like you've got a certain amount of gas in the tank. I'm I'm trying to burn it as hard as I can and just like make sure I'm on empty by the time the set's done. You know. Nice. Yeah. I like that acoustic thing you were doing on your Instagram. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I haven't been doing it lately. It was a lot easier to do when I didn't have a baby who could, you know, mm. potentially cry. During yeah, 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 welcome to fatherhood. Yeah, huh? which is fine, you know. Um, but he seems to he seems to love when I play for him, anyway. Oh, so. really? Yeah. So I did post a video one time. He made an appearance in there. I think it was like a Tom Petty song or something. Are, are you remaking all the all all the songs that you like to play, but as like little baby songs? Like you gotta <laughs> you gotta work in the uh, so the I buzz. just make up. Uh, new songs for him specifically, like he's already got a hundred songs. It's like nice. make up new songs every day, and they just—they're just silly. I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, but uh, the story of the song "Closing Time." 
Yeah. No, Super okay. interesting. So, what is that guy's name? Dan something, right? He's the man. Yeah, yeah. I, for, I forget his name, though, too. So, I happened to read an interview with him a couple of years ago, just because he still writes for a lot of artists. I believe he did a song for Adele, uh, like a lot of popular artists, and he was sort of explaining his process, and I don't know, as a songwriter, I always find stuff like that interesting, and I believe he explained that it was like he was closing a certain period of his life because he was having a daughter, and he was sort of thinking of like closing time as he's closing that era of his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was yeah. Uh, He was talking about how when he became a dad, he, he had to work it into his music, yeah. but he didn't want to write the stereotypical song. Yeah. So he wrote "Closing Time" as sort of a coy way. So when he plays it now, he he'll kind of stop and work people through it. Like uh, these lights will will be off until your brother or your sisters come. Yeah. And he sort of stops and points out that the song was about him having a kid. Yeah. And closing, like you said, that chapter in his life. But people totally missed a lot of that. And I guess that's what happens when you become a dad, right? It's just the musical. Uh, influence becomes about the baby and, and about that part of your life yeah yeah i mean it's very different um you know it's like it, it is different i you know i haven't written like i write silly songs about him to make him laugh you know what i mean um those are I bangers have, i bet though they are bangers I, i'm not going to um downplay them they, I yep. mean, they're they're pretty fun they're pretty he's fun, got his own uh his own ep already pretty much he's, he's, he, you know it's it's just silly stuff i sing to him they're trying to make him laugh and have a good day but i haven't really sat down to emotionally process uh the experience of being a father and try and capture that how old is he again so he will be eight months old eight months, in okay. i believe uh, I'm just horrible at math. I'm sorry. Time flies. 17 days. Yes. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. I can't think right now. My brain is. Yeah. No, no, no. It's all good. (laughs) Time flies too, man. I'm sure the lack of sleep and, you know, the new uh, exposure to the new way of life. It's Um, exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I say it all the time because when you first have a kid, everybody's like, oh, you know, just, you know, enjoy this period of time while you can because he's going to grow up and it's going to be different. And it's like, you just think it's all cliche. They say, oh, it goes by so fast. <laughs> and then one day they're sitting up or they're rolling over. Or they're doing something. They start making noises, you know, uh, trying to form words. Becoming real humans. Becoming a real human. Yeah, their face looks different. It's not just like a mushed in pile of yeah. skin. You know what I'm saying? It's a human face. And uh, they start reacting to you. They start smiling at you. Yeah. And it's like, Oh wow! This yeah, this is a real life human, and I, you know I helped create this, and I, I'm responsible for this. Yeah, thing. and yeah, luckily he's such a happy boy. He brings wonderful, wonderful uh, vibes into my life. And, That's awesome. Yeah, man. absolutely, absolutely. Are you uh, you get to be home with him all during the day, or do you have a, a another job, or what are you doing right now full time, man? Um, so I just I do like a lot of things part time. Um, so like I'm a writer. And also, you know, I do a lot of gigs and... Are you writing music or... Um, no, no. I mean, at the moment, I'm only writing for myself. Like, you know, I write, um, I have a couple websites that I own and run. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. So, like, I have one that's a professional wrestling website, one that's, like, a music website. What's your professional wrestling website? It's, uh, it's called stillrealtous.com. You run that? Yes. What are the chances? See... 
I didn't know that, but I, I am on. You're on Facebook. Yeah, it's a small yeah, world. It's yeah. my daily. That's my daily. Uh, my daily wrestling fix. We were just oh, out really? in LA for Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah, I saw so, the pictures on uh, your Instagram. Yeah, but still, realtoss.com is, yeah. is the best. I would argue maybe the best wrestling website out there right now. Oh, thank you. And they thank are. Uh, I was going to say that you are not sexist, and then I decided maybe I should not go in and uh, resurface that issue with a certain wrestling reviewer that came up somewhat recently. Uh, one Dave Metzler. I don't know if you saw about that whole thing, but uh, he says a lot of kind of bonehead stuff, man. So it's interesting to see a, a more younger wrestling movement. Uh, he rates Emily's looking at me as if I have ten heads. He's the kind of a foremost uh, wrestling aficionado, supposedly, and rates matches and has a, a paid website. And it was something he said recent. Uh, he said a few things. I'm sure you know. Maybe not. Um, I mean, Dave says a lot of things. I, you know, I, I listen to Wrestling Observer Radio all the time. Um, you know, I mean, Dave is like the main source of wrestling news. You know what I mean? So it's like... Do you think uh, he's been compromised? Compromised? Yeah. I, I, I don't... What What do you mean by compromised? So, uh, a lot... Of, there's a lot of people that have talked about whether or not he's sort of be... He gets fed certain things to kind of say or bring up or whether he's, he's lost his real sense of, you know, love of wrestling. He's been doing it for so long. So I don't think so. Like I said, I mean, there's certain things that Dave does and doesn't like. It's funny, you know, we're sitting here talking about Dave Meltzer. But yeah, I wish think, I had thought uh, about that before no, we came in. I'm just speaking off the cuff here. No, it's kind no, of interesting. I mean, no, I, I mean, I've listened that. to so much Wrestling Observer Radio. I definitely think the guy loves wrestling. Um, you know, I don't know. I would recommend if you're like a wrestling fan, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, I would recommend getting a subscription because Dave, it's like the guy has so much knowledge about wrestling history. If you read through the newsletter, he's like breaking down ticket sales for events that oh, it's took unbelievable. place like 1974. It's unbelievable. And, and he, he just, he has so much knowledge about wrestling. And, uh, if you're into that sort of thing, it's it. I don't know. It's see, good resources, see, information. It's uh, interesting to read about. He'll he'll get you information that you would never even think yeah to care about. You know, he, I don't know. You know, I feel like Meltzer gets a bad rap. Because, Speak on it, yeah. Fill, fill people in, man, for real. Oh, I don't know. I just listen to his stuff, and it's like you know, a lot of times he's not always saying this is definitely going to happen. I mean, yeah. the thing people don't understand about wrestling is people get like so bent out of shape about, it, but it's a live TV show that changes week to week, right? So maybe they they do decide whatever, you know, Braun Strowman's going to beat Brock Lesnar yeah. for the Universal title or the Royal Rumble or whatever. I mean, literally, until that match happens, it's, yeah. that could not happen at all. Well, there's no you know off-season. I mean? And there's no off-season. So you have to forecast who's, who's going to stay healthy, who's going to bring in numbers, who has look, so much more that goes into it. Than, than people's assumption, than just, why can't they do this particularly? Like, look at the horrible stretch they've had. Roman Reigns' yeah. leukemia, that's awful. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, oh my god, they just spent like five years pushing Roman Reigns to the top spot, and it's like, this poor guy has to vacate his title and yeah. walk away. It's like, oh my god, this is horrible. And uh, But, you know... I just, oh God, I wish him the best. Like, that's a horrible way to have to step away. Absolutely. Know? It's like, so they're like, okay, let's push Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman has to go get elbows. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It's Crazy. And it's like, okay, you know, yeah. and people are getting injured left and right. And it's just, it, it sucks. It seems like there's nothing they can do. But also, they kind of screwed themselves because 
they haven't really properly pushed anyone who's not Roman Reigns. So there's no one to automatically step up and be like, hey, I'm 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 in this spot. There's so many people who can though. It's there are so many so people who can. Talent. The roster is so talented, man. They just don't always manage them correctly. The roster is yeah. so good. Arguably like the best it's been. Ever. Yeah. It's Ever. So good. I was just it's about so to say so what you hit on was kind of the reason why love still real to us. I could I can read a, a, a Meltzer, right? Uh, is it Metzler? Metz- it's Meltzer. Meltzer. Yeah, Thank it you. Is, I'm pronouncing yeah. that right. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know very little about this, and now I'm sitting across from the aficionado. Yeah, here, I mean, uh, I do this. But, this is what I do all day. So what I, I enjoy is yeah. that there's a – the element that I love about wrestling is the entertainment, and I love wrestling f- for what it is. I could watch any any level. I, I could watch any pay-per-view. Like, I love wrestling, but when you go and look at Still Real to us, there's an element of uh, unpredictability and not being taken so seriously. That's what I really enjoy. So when I watch a great Charlotte match, and then I go, let's see what Dave has to say. And Dave says, why did they make her wear that top? It looked terrible on her. She's, it's like, Dave, that's not what I'm looking for. What, what I'm looking for is what wrestling means to me, which is enjoyment, which, and it's sort of, that's, that's what I meant when I said that. So, I should clarify. No, so he I doesn't can totally, send anything to my I house. Totally, I'm sure he's a great man, and I do appreciate his website. Oh, no, no, And I'd no, like no, to no, backtrack no. on that briefly. Oh, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. Or I no. said that flippantly. No, you didn't say anything crazy. Or but funny. you do a phenomenal no. job, man. Oh, thank you I know very much. Do you, you don't run that on your own, right? A couple other I mean, right now I'm the only person doing it, uh, you know, at various periods of time. Yes. There has been different yes. people. Yes. I would freely like to volunteer to write any articles or help him just get free. Well, that's interesting. I, yeah, we'll I, some would that. say I live and breathe wrestling. So well, we can talk about I, that. Uh, I'm a big wrestling guy. Um, I brought Emily to her first pay-per-view uh, in Boston, and she loved it, and then she got, and then she got hooked. Uh, you didn't really get hooked until the pay-per-view, right? No, I liked it. I okay. was awesome. So Ross sucked her in. How dare you? And then she went to the pay-per-view where Dolph Ziggler won the belt and then vacated it the next night. Oh. She was at that pay-per-view, and then she went to Survivor. To, uh, she went to NXT Takeover. Oh. So she's been uh, she's been getting her fill. So nice. I think we got her on board. So man. you're familiar with wrestling. You, you, yeah. know, you know your stuff. I've actually never been to an NXT event. You so have to. Shame man. on me, I guess. Do you watch NXT? Your- uh, so I'm, I gotta be honest. I don't watch it regularly. I mean, I keep up with Takeover. It's just like so much content. It, there's so much content, and I hate to uh, be one like like you're saying. I try, you know, I try to take wrestling seriously, too seriously. Like I enjoy, it, you know, I try to take it too seriously. I don't want to be one of those fans who complains all the time. Um, if I complain through like a meme or something, it's just meant to be funny. You yeah, know what I mean? Like sure. I'm, I'm not trying to get heated over wrestling. Um, sure, I was looking at your memes earlier. Just here to have a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why you go yeah. on there is yeah. to read the memes and laugh. I think yeah. one time actually I had it up on my iPad, and uh, there was a meme about Paige, and there were some comments, and Emily's like, "I don't know what that was," but she's like, "I'm, I'm scared." Like sometimes the way people discuss wrestling, yeah, it, it's like if you're not a part of the community and you don't get it, you're yeah. like, "Oh, but because it's like levels and levels of sarcasm yeah. and referencing <laughs> other things and other things people said." So it's like trying to figure that all out. It's like, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Don't worry you know, it's about like it. sometimes I make memes making fun of my favorite wrestlers, and it's like, you know, it's just to get a laugh out of people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. There's nobody really that I, that I don't like. You know what I mean? I can't really think of too many people. I'm like, oh, fuck this guy. Fuck that guy. Everybody's trying yeah. to do their thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, public eye. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I really don't like Jinder Mahal. I'd like to throw that out there. I mean, that's <laughs> this I, title I, reign was. I went to that pay per view. They just uh, it was a rough title reign. I, w- I wasn't a huge fan of the Jinder title reign, and I felt like it was 
poorly timed as well. I felt like that was that was a really weird year for SmackDown, actually, because it was like they had Bray Wyatt win the belt, and it was like, oh, thank God, this guy's finally getting his push. He finally Man. has his moment in the sun. And then it's Randy Orton wins the Royal Rumble again. Yeah. Post WrestleMania wins the belt again. The House and, of Hard, whatever that was. Yeah. It, With the worms. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and then all of a sudden they just decided to put the belt on gender. You ever and, see a feud come to such a screeching halt as that feud did with those worms in the uh, WrestleMania? That was weird. That was weird. That put that just screeched everything. I, I just feel so bad for Bray Wyatt. He's so talented, and mm. they just... I don't understand what they do with him. Like, what what are they doing with him now? And he's Nothing awesome. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's very talented. I do, too. Yeah. I, I really enjoy stuff. Yeah. I don't understand why they... How they've mismanaged that so many times. And am I incorrect? In, so I believe that I actually owe you a beer. This is another. I, odd the connections okay. that we're making here. I believe I bet you back on the day that CM Punk would be back. And you said CM Punk would not be back. And I bet you a beer on Twitter over this. That's possible. I don't, yeah. Because you did not think he would be back. Am I correct? That's very possible. I'd have to look through my tweets. I haven't mm. used Twitter in a, in a while. It's like sometimes I go on there. Um. But it's this was like, this was on I, still real thoughts. Okay, then yes, that, and then in that case, yeah. it's like I was like they're gonna pull up a brink truck some money to the guy. Yeah. Somebody had gotten hurt. Okay, so Daniel Bryan had gotten hurt, and I said, oh, oh they're gonna pull up a brink truck okay, to see him so punk now. He's like come back, and you were like, yeah, okay, no chance yeah. he's come back. I'm like, I'll bet you a beer. I'm local. Yeah. You're like, I'm in the Boston area too, and we, I, I ended up tweeting. I was like, yeah, you were right. And you're like, yeah. Well, get where's beer. my beer then? Yeah, exactly. So here we are. Isn't that odd how full circle this whole thing has come? Yeah, it really is kind of full circle. Um, what do you want to shout out, man, before you you get out of here? Where do you want people to follow you? Or um, uh... Yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Instagram. At I am Josh Foster. I'll be on there. You know, I post... am Josh Foster. They can follow yeah. me And I am Josh Foster. Okay. You know, there will be baby pics. Um, hopefully be some better. more acoustic videos coming in the future. Some new mm-hmm. music. Uh, hopefully sooner. What's later. the new solo stuff, or what do you think, you man? Uh, so I'm working on a couple different things right now. Okay. So how that's going to be released and what form it's going to take okay. is um to be determined. So they can follow you and, and keep up with that. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully in the next few months. And are you you around locally live? You still doing some more of those? <coughs> so yeah, yeah. Sure. If you just check out my Instagram, I'll be posting about my okay. shows. Cool. Um, I'm always around somewhere in the southern New Hampshire Southern New Hampshire area so if, if you want to come out and grab a beer somewhere and like listen to a couple hours of cover songs from the 80s, 90s. Yeah, you today. can't beat it, man. And yeah. uh, you're always the coolest, man. So I appreciate you always well, being cool you for and uh, coming yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome.